two seconds. Okay. Okay. Start when you're ready. Hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm Alana. I'm Michelle, and this is Three Unicorns. This podcast is called Three Unicorns because we are three black women in tech, which means we're very rare. Some people claim we don't even exist. But But we we do! do. (laughs) We are literally right right here! here. (laughs) This is a special episode of Three Unicorns where we got the opportunity to record StoryCorps. StoryCorps is an organization whose mission is to preserve and share humanity stories in order to build connections between people and create a more just and compassionate world. This episode is in partnership with Code2040. Code2040 is an organization that empowers black and brown software engineers and entrepreneurs, and we're all alumni of their fellows program. Fair warning, y'all. Some of our opinions here are a little raw and unfiltered. We want to acknowledge that we do not know everything, but we do feel like these are important topics that should be discussed. Enjoy the show! Woo! Yeah. So, Michelle, when was, when was the time where you felt like you just did not belong in tech? Where you were, like, in tech and you were like, this is not Yo, for this me. is such a big question. <laughs> yeah. Alana. Whoa. Honestly, every day last summer. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's dive in. <laughs> you just told me to do. You just asked the question. Um, every day last summer. Let's hit on some specific moments, um, like when I was at lunch one day, and I was feeling a little like isolated because I was working on my project by myself. And usually, I'm very like drawn towards collaboration and talking things out and working together. But I was kind of put in the situation where I had to do something different from that and I was working around it whatever and I was feeling like I needed some inspiration like why why are these people around me here like it feels to me like they're all just like here I don't know why they're here like I don't talk to them because we're not collaborating like I just got to know you know maybe this will pump me up and give me some fire for the next day like sitting at this desk coding for eight hours and maybe this will help me know if this is for me right why do you love this why are you here so at lunch with my team of like 12 other people um, all white and Asian males. Um, at this I was tech company. at this tech company. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, like, when did you? When did you all like know you wanted to be engineers? Like, when? What was that moment like? Or what was that journey like? What's that feeling like?" And I was just like, and then I asked, and I was like, "Good job, Michelle. Like, that was a great question. Like, you're about to like get to know these people. You got it out there. Like, I just want to know." I just want to know you. I just want to know what makes you excited. I just want to know what makes people in tech excited. And literally, crickets. <laughs> first, Blinking. First, we had crickets. Then, they were kind of like, the general answer was like, oh, like, looks around like, I don't really know. Like, I kind of just ended up here. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I kept try- tried to push more, but like, that's really all they would give me. They were like... I don't know. I just like it seemed like a cool thing to study, and like I just kept doing the things, and like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And, and look, 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 look around. around. Oh, we are here today, <laughs> aren't we? And I was just like, what? And like, uh, I hesitate to say. In that moment, I was like, wow, this is boring and lame. Like, I needed. I was trying to get like, who are you? Like, what? And this one guy was like, he was like, oh. I just kind of ended up here and I'm like, well, how do you know this is the right place? Like if there was no like feeling that this is where you want to be, what if you're in the wrong place? I was trying to like push them. (laughs) And then he was like, I don't know. Like I always wanted to be a train conductor. 
And I was like, whoa, like, tell me more. I was like, yes, I hit it. I got some human something. Right. And then he was just like, yeah, I wanted to be a train conductor. And but then and I, I'm like, why don't you do it like tomorrow? And he's like, oh, like, I don't really know. And it just kind of ended. That's so sad. But, but, but I was like, wow, that was that one, the one that was like what I was looking for. That was one not that I was looking for. I want to leave tech. I was just looking for some like actual passion. Most of them just gave me like. I don't really know or care. And I was like, wow, I do not feel like I belong here because that feels really important to me to know why you care, to know why you're here, to know what you care about. And it feels like you are are all like not used to sharing that or not used to being asked that. And like, I want to know that in order to feel like I connect with you. Right. And so that was really weird. And I went home and I was just like, what am I doing? Right. Um, Yeah, no, that's crazy. I'd say... For me, probably the first time I felt like I didn't belong in tech was when I walked into the lecture hall of the introductory computer science class at um, Stanford, where we all go to school. And this class, CS106A, is open to everyone, right? They they frame it so that you don't even need to have no, to know anything, but you're going to be able to take this class and like start learning computer science. And I walk in there, and it's a giant lecture hall with... I think there's maybe 800 seats. I'm, I'm looking out at, at a, a large amount of faces. And out of these, like, 500 people, I maybe still see, like, one other black person. Wow. Like, maybe two black people. Just Let's just throw them a bone and say there was two black people <laughs> in the room. And, like, and when did you take this? Oh, when did you take this class? Uh, I took this, uh, I, be- I believe it was the spring of my... Um, freshman year so like you know we're like we're we're on the quarter system right and so we had we take three quarters instead of two semesters and it was the spring of my of like yeah like 2014 and I'm walking in there as like this freshman excited about computer science excited about all the cool things I can build that can help my community with computer science I'm looking out at this like sea of people who like don't look like me um, don't know anything about where I'm from my like culture just like really my background and I'm like, wow, all right, well, this is what it's about to be. Like, I'm about to be the, I'm about to be the only black woman in this class of, like, 500. Um, and th- those were kind of the kind of things that I felt like or kept on telling me, like, you don't belong here, right? And so over time, um, meeting with uh, Lindsay and Michelle, like I said, two, two black women in tech and, and other people who are um, – also minorities in tech and kind of talking to them about that made me feel better about being in, being here and f- made me feel like I do belong, right? But as, like, minorities in tech, you're constantly bombarded with images of, like, um, no one's in this space who looks like you and who might even talk like you or comes from, from where you're at. So you have to find it within yourself um, and within other people who are going through the same thing to get that reassurance. It's like, every, like other people um, in tech who might see themselves everywhere we don't get that ability right so yeah for sure and I think I think working with Michelle specifically the second time around when I took CS 107 was a moment where I was like oh like I can do this um and Michelle is great she's a great person to work with but I think even more than that like we're both we we would sit down and we would talk about CS but we would also like go on tangents we were taking breaks and talk about like 
being black women, being black, talking about who our people were when we were like in our different spaces at Stanford. And I think had I been with partnered with someone else who say wasn't a black woman, who wasn't Michelle, those conversations probably wouldn't have happened. And I think it adds another layer of humanness that maybe like people who hmm, people who are in tech and who kind of like fit the mold, right? So like white men or like East Asian men and they they have that kind of level of commonality with each other and so they never have, a th- have to think about the fact that like oh they're working with someone who maybe they don't th- connect with on like a very deep and fundamental level um, and I think that's something that's always on my mind it's like oh I'm working with you and we're doing this project but like on some level I really feel like you don't know me um, which is fine it's a little sad when that's ha- happening all the time but I think working with Michelle in that one instance was a time where I definitely felt like, oh, like I can do this work and also I can also be a human and a person. I can have a friend like doing these things as opposed to this just being class and it being very separate from who I am as a person. Um, and I think other moments where I've, <laughs> there are many moments where I felt like, yo, I can't do this. <laughs> um, I, I could have a list, but I think, one that I haven't really talked about a lot is when I was trying to find a job um, last fall, so a year ago, um, a little bit over a year ago. And I, this was when I was taking CS107 the second time around. I had all of the knowledge that I knew that I needed to interview and to get a job. Um, but I remember going into job fairs, like the, the CS job fairs at Stanford are insane. There's so the many circus. people. <laughs> it's an absolute circus. It's hot and sweaty and Yo, like people climbing on top of each people, other random freshmen showing up being like i haven't even taken a cs class but i wore a suit and <laughs> i, I want to just take up all the space and like yell and you have and to be like, like no freshman get out of the no, way yeah or like yeah this is the, like the table with like microsoft and google being like, like it's like yeah. a pile of ants just like people yeah. like ah. and then it's like these recruiters are these gods but they're really just like people they're who just are, like, people i just like hand you this form to fill out and everyone's like please love me and yeah. notice me this yeah. is how i get Words. It's honestly, it's, it's just, like, oh it's crazy. It's a, it's a nightmare. And so I, I went to like probably two of those. I don't, there might only be two. I don't know. I went to a couple um, and it just it was horrible. And I remember like talking to this one recruiter at this, at this one company and we didn't even talk about like my skills. I was just like, oh, I really like care about diversity in tech. And like I'm in this space. This is at a career fair with like crazy amounts of people. And I think like talking about like d- something that was a little bit different than I think what a lot of people were talking about. He like thought I stood out in some way. And so he offered me an interview. Um, but at this point I, they offered me an interview for a job. I told them I had no like qualifications for it. The whole process just felt really weird and unfair and like oddly stacked against me. I was like, why would they, like, I don't really get how this works. I don't, I'm floundering here. I don't even know how interviews work. Am I supposed to study? What do I study? They want me to do web dev. Never done that before in my life. Like I just learned what, a heap allocator is. Can you ask me about that? Like, it was just like very, <laughs> very weird system. And I, I felt like I had no way of navigating it. And I was like, no one's trying to help me either. Maybe like I should just try to do something else or like, I don't know. I, it felt really mm-hmm. scary and I was lost. And I think um, that's definitely like where Code 2040 like swooped in and saved the day. I like applied late or not late but like uh, one of their later deadlines um and I think doing that completely like that's why I that's how I got my first job was through Code 2040 Definitely. um 
And it's not like I had the skills to get a job regardless, but it was like, who's going to give me the time of day? Who's, you know, there's so many levels like stacked against me, right? I hadn't had a job before. I was still kind of in the introductory courses. Uh, I'm black. I'm a woman. There are so many layers that were like, oh, we're not even going to try. Right. Like, and when you do try, it's like bogus. And so, (laughs) yeah, I think that definitely was like being involved with Code 2040 at the very beginning um and of like my career path definitely helped me feel like oh this is something that I can now navigate because I have people who are like trying to help me do that right and and just to clarify code 2040 is like oh, this wait. accelerator um oh oh it's like this uh, this it's like this accelerator for underrepresented minorities in computer science so they can go and apply to this program and then um be with a other like cohort of other minorities in, in computer science and get mentorship and like do workshops and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was like also game changing for my summer because I feel like even in like okay, I felt like I had such a warped view of like who was in tech even though that was like but it impacted me positively. Like going to work every day I'd just see like white men, but like going to code 2040 stuff I was like, oh, like it's all these like <laughs> young like black and brown people mm-hmm. like uh and like obviously there aren't a ton of, like I, I was like saturated with like black and brown people and it was like yes like this is great yeah. and I thought that was normal and so but then I right? would so then when I would go to work and like that had a lot of effects like I would go to work and that was not real I'd be like sad but when I'd go to work and feel like oh maybe they're questioning these people don't are questioning whether black and brown people like belong in this industry I'm like well I know they belong like <laughs> there, are, like, hun- there are like hundreds of them like I'm about to go home and like go to a workshop with like a lot of them and, yeah like, they're all there like I know them like right. I that wasn't a lie that I could believe which I think is yeah. something that Ooh. right oh, I was like wait Michelle. I live with them it's <laughs> no, not I a lie you can so believe real. it Oh my gosh. I think, yeah, it definitely skewed, like, when I think of tech now, and I think Yeah, of I think when I think of tech, I think of just black people. I think of black and brown people, I literally do, which is, like, crazy, right? Because most people, when they think of it, that's not, but I think that's the beauty of literally just being surrounded by, like, black and brown people trying to do this tech thing all the time. Like, when we talk about Slack, and we're like, I'm pretty sure Slack is just black people. Yeah, like, it's like, no. Because we just went to, like, an event they had for, like, black and brown engineers, yeah. and it was so beautiful and cool, and we're like, wow, is this what it's like? All, this is probably what it's like all the time. Yeah, right. And so we get, like, super pumped. And then we get that harsh reality that, <laughs> boom, it's yeah, not. But yeah, yeah. So it's, like, that's the harsh, like, hit at the end of the day when you're like, this is not it, but you still like know that we're there and like we're real mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be there because you're like wait I felt this world where we were where it was just us and like it was it like it, it was, was magical beautiful. and like right. it was great like it could exist yeah this this idea that we were living this double life like one at work and one with our Code 2040 community is super interesting um Alana do you feel like you have any specific examples of when you felt like that yeah so like for example there might be something you know, interesting happening in black culture. Um, I don't know, maybe like Beyonce dropped something and I'd be so excited about it and I'd like want to go to work and be like, yo, like Beyonce just dropped the best album of the year. Like you need to listen to this. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, like no one one knows anything (laughs) about this or anything that I'm interested in or like into. And so that was just like so strange. And like this was in contrast to when I would go to a Code 2040 event and like people people would be all up on that Beyonce mm-hmm. album. They'd be like, did you listen to this part? Did you like, did you hear this? Oh, I loved it. And so it's kind of like this weird, interesting um, experience of like being in one place, being in like the workplace and being like um, almost 
feeling like this is some other world like this is just some world that i'm like putting a hat on and like working in so i can like survive and like eat and like like, you know these people actually don't really care about like the stuff that i'm into which is fine but like it's like thank god i have code 2040 that you know i can go and we can have this like party and i can swag surf you know what i'm saying i can go i can swag surf with these people i can dance with these people and, and and like and they're all in tech and like this is this is what tech can be so yeah. yeah, at least for me, like that's that's why I really enjoyed Code Twenty Forty. I I just felt like when I went to work, sometimes, um, I would just be like, oh yeah, kind of like kind of like how you mentioned Michelle. Like, do, do these people like really think think deeply about what they're doing, and like, or is it just kind of like this is like good enough? This is like good enough. Like this is like good yeah. enough. I'm coding up this feature. Like I'm getting paid a lot of money. And um, and then I'm gonna go home and like watch TV and watch Netflix. <laughs> I'm like that's that's fine, but I personally think that in in tech, what we've seen is a lot of people with the same problems trying to reiterate and resolve them. A lot of these problems are like rich people problems, um, getting food delivered to my face, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> like you know, and and what I think is gonna be incredibly interesting in these next couple of years is uh, giving tech, which is a tool to solve your own problems, right? Founders solve their own problems. Um, Mm. And giving that tool to people who historically have never really had it. You know, people who um, have dealt with poverty before, people who um, have dealt with, like, housing issues before, and, like, it actually matters to them. It's not like, oh, like, housing is really bad, rent is $2,000 for a single room, I can pay it, but it sucks. It's like, oh, no, like, I literally cannot afford this. Like, I, I used to be able to afford housing, but now I'm homeless because the rent has skyrocketed and no one's caring. So, like, these are just really incredible, incredible problems that we're going to be able to see solutions as we... Um, allow more and more people and like and like get more and more people to learn computer science and to be able to utilize technology to solve their own mm-hmm. problems that's what i'm excited to see yeah really i'm also psyched about that and that like that hmm i would even so code 2040 was like a great was and is like a great space i think what could make code 2040 like next level is more of those conversations like more of like how can we be like a different voice in our company in tech like I think a lot of it is kind of like how can we like how can we like survive like in the midst of all this stuff that we're describing which is like super important and like the first step like how can we feel like we belong how can we get over imposter syndrome how can we excel so we can get a return offer and like build our career but to me I also want and there what this was there but I was always looking for more of this like at every workshop I wanted more like how can we challenge like what we're working towards. Like, I felt like there was too much, like, Mm. okay, like, we're in, like, you did it, you made it, like, this is everything, like, congrats, like, here's some swag, go to Twitter and, like, go to this party, like, yay. I'm like, okay, like, now that we're here, can we start, like, like fixing that or like breaking some stuff (laughs) down? Or, like, can we start, like, being really different in this space instead of, like, how can we be... I don't think people were trying to, like, assimilate, but I I think we tended a little too much towards that, like, how can you, like fit in and feel like you fit in and belong. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't even actually want to belong. I kind of want to be like <laughs> radically different from everyone in my yeah. workplace. And wants to be a radical. I want to like change everything. And like, we didn't really talk in that frame. Yeah. Like it was more like, how can you, how can you make it in this world? That's good. Inherently. I, when the world is not good. Yeah, inherently. Yeah. And I think, Oh yeah. Wow. I think when both of y'all were talking, I was thinking about what I actually wrote about when we just ended the summer, which was, like, my experience at Lyft being the 
only black woman engineer there at the time and I was an intern and I think um that's typical by the way and I but like I think that had really lasting effects on like how I saw the tech industry and how I knew or how I felt like they saw me and I think like this summer um there were horrific murders of like two black men back to back to back yeah back to back like within two days of each other Philando Castile and Alton Sterling and this death went viral like people were like watching these murders like you can't even like like you can't even like cuss on the radio right or like there's there's like a lot of things that you cannot do and that are censored but like black death isn't censored yeah on Twitter on Facebook the autoplay of like literally this man wow being shot in the seat of his car and his girlfriend filming all of it on an iPhone. Like, it's insane and it's horrifying. And you watch it and you go to work the next day. And, or for me anyway, I was like, I was, I mean. Traumatized. I was traumatized. It's like, what the hell is happening? Like, or like, why hasn't, we, this has been happening for years at this point. Like, what what are we doing? What's going on? I was shook, to say the least. And I was really upset. And I go to work, and everyone's like, oh, hi. Like, how? Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, how are you doing? Like, wh- not not asking me about the murders, but just like, how was your day? Like, oh, what'd you do last night? Like, did you go? Did Like, not. let's not think about, or let's, let's not even talk about these people who died in this, like, extremely tragic way. Or maybe you don't even know that they did. Um, let's just carry on, like, nothing has happened. Um, and I think that really was jarring to me mm-hmm. um like I was just like how am I supposed to sit here and look at you and smile and be normal when in my head like there's so much happening and you don't know and you don't care like that was yeah. definitely the feeling that I got when people were just like oh hey what's up like a- and I think that for me was like oh you don't care about me like you you maybe think that you know me or care about me on some level or like you care about humans on some level but like wow, there are black people dying in the street for literally nothing. That could be me. That could be my family. That could be my friends. And, like, if you... It's hard for me to be like, oh, you... This place is some place that I can grow and flourish and that, like, I feel like can care for me in some way when, when, like, I feel like the basics aren't even covered of, like, let's recognize that, like, tragedy happened. Right. And and that was, like, impossible for people to do. Yeah. yeah, and I think, like, one thing that you were saying, Michelle, is that you want to be radically different than that. And I think that is, that's really important. Um, I think it's important that y- that peop- all people are able to go to work or go to class or go wherever and feel seen and feel important and feel human. And I think this thing that we hold up as, like, Silicon Valley really, especially in San Francisco, just, like, really vibes off of just being happy and nice and polite and, like, hey, what's up? Like, just be, like, super chill all the time about anything, no matter what's going on. But, like, that's not going to work. That's not going to cut it all the time. At some point, you actually have to care about things that aren't getting, that isn't, like, getting food delivered to your face. Like, solve problems of, like, that are, like, at this level. Um, Right. Instead of, like, working towards this goal of, like, everyone feeling cool and happy in this thing that's, like, not even... That's, like, fake. That's, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think like, when like when, when that happened, like, I remember the week. It was July 4th week, um, ironically. Like, <laughs> it, and it's, it's like, it's like pe- people around the country were definitely feeling this. I, like, I would imagine, like, other black women and, and um, black people in general were, were feeling this when they would go to work. Kind of this feeling of, like, wow, like, these people like do like 
do they know anything about what's happening in my you know uh to my people and my culture and stuff like that i think it's it's an it's it's magnified at least for us it was magnified by the fact that like the tech industry and tech itself really like puts itself forward as like you know on the cutting edge and like changing the world and Mm -hmm. and solving people's problems like if you like if you if you like go to any of these tech companies headquarters they really truly think they are like changing the world and you know what i'm saying and like and it's just like to be in this environment where everyone like thinks they're doing like such great amazing things and they're it's just so you know what i'm saying and meanwhile you know like like we're dying in the street yeah we're still dying in the street it was like that hasn't changed it was that's a problem uh, that hasn't changed like you think you're changing the world like to you know what would change my world like yeah yeah if if, if i could get pulled over by a police officer and not fear for my life like that would change my world it was like it was like almost nauseating to sit in like the highest wealthiest company or whatever in the world like working Mm -hmm. for them watching all these like hundreds of other people working for them like oblivious to this problem like with all of the power and wealth in the world at their fingertips Mm -hmm. literally Mm -hmm. like hundreds and thousands of dollars of equipment (laughs) like just like coding away worldwide access yeah everyone in the world not everyone but uh, like yeah Worldwide, and, and then we're all just like, products. oh, let's 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 spend all our energy today um, making this bookmark feature. <laughs> like, I'm like, not today. Like, <laughs> not like not any day. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. can we have a little meeting or something? Like, <laughs> do you know how much power you have and that you're wasting? Every, not, I don't know. Right. Uh, I totally feel what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think like, like I'm at comedy in particular. There was a space for this, like some live stream. And, and like, that was nice. Like, I did, it, it was very clear that, like, they, there was at least some try. Um, but then, you know, it's a work in progress. It's, it's a work in progress because even though there's that try, and like, I do appreciate that, there was, you started to get these people coming up and talking about how, like, oh, yeah, like, my friend told, you know, t- like, for example, like, there there would be, like, these white guys who would get up and they'd be like, um, my friend who's a black woman told me about how her son, um, who goes to Harvard got stopped and, like, by a police officer and, um, like, got, like, beat or something like that. And, like, it just really touched me and things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, like, I'm glad you're touched. But, like, <laughs> did, did the three murders not touch you? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, did, yeah. so, so I think there's definitely this past summer, um, Code 2040 has given us this like really good space. Yeah. And um and and like wh- while in tech while we're working in tech and we are there there's definitely some things we enjoyed while we were working for sure. But we kind of just got got to the point where we were like noticing all these things and and wondering like is there anyone like we, like we we just needed the space to be a little bit more critical about it, which I think um that and like the bizarre the other bizarre events that were happening in tech that are normal. Right. <laughs> so bizarre, Alana. And, um, <laughs> Tell us about it. Um Okay, well, just, uh, and there, there's, like, they come in, like, all shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. I know one thing that was, like, bizarre to me was I had a conversation at, um, I had a conversation at lunch um, at my work, and I was, we, we were just talking or whatever like that, and then for some reason, or I, I think, like, my manager, he had on his phone, he was like, oh, this is, like, interesting, like, these people are making, um, these drones that people can fly um and like it'll be great like and, and we actually we were actually talking <laughs> it'll be great. We, we were actually talking about um how bad the 
uh, public transportation is uh, in the Bay Area because of the fact that so many people have moved into the area within like the past 10 years. It's it's like a huge influx of people. And so the infrastructure isn't hasn't been able to keep up. And so there will be times when you're on the Caltrain and like you're, you're on a train and you have to stand like there's nothing for you to hold because the train wasn't built for people to stand in the aisle. Like you're just standing in the aisle kind of like, you know, the, the train's bumping along and you're like bumping into people and kind of just you, you try to keep your balance on this train that wasn't meant for it um so like yeah like how can we like you know what i'm saying thinking like how bad this is and then um we think like oh you know self-driving cars like shit you would think like people could be able to like just get in a self-driving car and like go to work and like that could help alleviate some of it and my my manager was like self-driving cars aren't safe and i'm just thinking like lies what? <laughs> you just lied what <laughs> and um i'm saying and he's just like you know you know what's gonna be safe is is uh we need to have people in these drones who can drive who can fly themselves oh to work oh my god <laughs> that, and, and i'm just looking at him and i'm like oh, this, you, you gotta be joking like pe- like people flying themselves flying themselves like i mean i'm done and mm-hmm. he's just like yeah like that that'd be so much safer it'd be so much faster than self-driving cars I'm just thinking, like, I'm literally, like, he's like, yeah, like, this is it. This is the future. And, I, and I'm, like, not even self-driving drones? Like, not, <laughs> like, not even self-guided computers? You want people to fly them. <laughs> you want people to fly them? He's like, yeah. And he's like, it'll be totally safe. Like, there's, like, a joystick and stuff. And I, I'm just, like, having <laughs> visions of people, like, literally flying into each other. Like, <laughs> I'm having, like, this other moment where I'm, like, seeing all the catastrophe mm. and, like, death that could happen. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Alana. People just flying themselves around. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you guys can see this vision, but like, that was the moment (laughs) where I was just like, this is just so strange. Yeah, that's pretty, that's weird. I don't even, yeah, like, those are not conversations that I usually have. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know what we should do? Drones! (laughs) What? But it definitely makes you think a lot. I remember a conversation I had with Alana about like this, like, weird cycle of tech kind of coming into this area in particular like messing everything up and then their product being what they're calling the solution to the thing that they messed up in the first place so like an example being lyft or an uber to be honest like um like i was in a lyft with um this man like this older chinese man and he was telling i was like asking him how he started driving for lyft and everything and he told me that he used to own uh like a retail shop on Market Street for like 20 years and then rent prices shoot up and he can't afford the rent for his shop anymore that he's had for 20 years on Market Street. And then he's like, yeah, so I had to start driving for Lyft um, to make ends meet because I like I don't have a business degree or anything. Like I don't speak English that well. People aren't trying to hire me. I'm old. Like, but I like have to make money somehow. So I'm driving for Lyft. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, wow, like Lyft, along with a lot of other tech companies, created this problem for you. And now they're providing this they're like fixing it. You're welcome. Yeah. And now they're like <laughs> fixing this problem for you by like giving like providing job opportunities. But like you wouldn't even be in the situation if you could they, just have your store. Yeah. If they weren't street. here in the first place. And I think that's a really bizarre cycle. And like Lyft is just the most salient example. But like for me right now, but I'm thinking like this applies across the board. We can think of so many like companies in in Silicon Valley that like provide services for people like people can do the jobs like TaskRabbit for example like you just hire whoever to like do the little like job you want done around your house but I'm thinking like why are those people even in the position 
where they'd have to do that job? Is it because they had to sell their business they had for 20 years, you know, because you're here? And I think that's, like, a really bizarre thing where they're like, oh, we're helping people. But, like, (laughs) no, you're, like, destroying their lives and then, like, making up for it a little bit. (laughs) Yo, that's... No, yes. No, yeah. These bizarre things that happen in tech where it's like, yeah, like, yeah, let's. And everyone's like, "Mm," like, pat yourself on the back for that work you did today. And then like like, progress. Like this is progress. Like people, people can work when they want to. Like people, it's, it's, they decide, you know what I'm saying? Like they have ownership over. And you're just thinking to myself, and I'm just thinking to myself like, wow, like this person. Um, they used to have health care. Like, they used to be able to afford, like, all mm-hmm. these things because they had a livelihood. They had a job. They had a store that was doing just fine. And then, yeah, and then, you know, tech kind of came in. And, um, I mean, I mean, in particular, I'm also just thinking about, like, Airbnb here. Oh. <laughs> and how, like, l- like, literally Airbnb comes in and they're like, yes, like experience um for all and like you can make much so much money being a host and like all these other things and like like also though like because of the fact that airbnb like comes into cities and takes up housing complexes that other people can't otherwise live in yeah they like shoot up housing prices and people who like would have been making money being a host actually can't even afford housing anymore so like now now they have to do these like really crappy gig jobs where the companies themselves are fighting to keep them from being called actual employees and giving them um, oh, real yeah. rights, yeah. And, you know, no benefits. And the thing is, it's <laughs> and this not is all that... progress. This Ooh, is this is all the future. Go ahead. Yeah. Go, sorry. I'm oh no, no, in. sorry. I'm like fired up. It's not even that these things shouldn't exist, right? Like I'm not saying that Lyft or Uber or like Airbnb shouldn't exist. I think the idea that like, oh, I can be at home and I need a I need to get somewhere really fast and a car can just come pick me up from my phone. Like, okay, like that's actually kind of cool. Um, and especially when you can get a ride for like four dollars at some places um in sf and that's like as much as it takes to ride a bus right cool but i think it's the way in which these companies have like gone about providing these services that like messes everything up not that i have all of the answers but it seems like a lot of this was like very quick and dirty it's like oh we have this great idea make the app like get funding like make it huge and like there isn't a lot of thought about like process or who are the who are the drivers gonna be like where are we gonna how are we gonna compensate them yeah why are they going to be motivated to drive for us? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I, I almost feel like, okay, ugh, say that we had, or not we, but like people who were thinking about these things had been on the ground levels of these companies um, from the beginning. Maybe things wouldn't be as horrible as they are now. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like it wouldn't be as though they're like a bull in like a China shop when they're actually... They're, they're trying to, they say they're trying to help people. And, like, honestly, like, it, there are some cases where, like, they may be helping people, right? But the uh, the effects of them, like, coming in yeah. a lot of times create a lot of harm. I and just, and this is just something that we're all kind of wrestling with because we do yeah. work in this Yeah, industry, we work right? for these people. <laughs> like, these are these are critical thoughts and, like, it's easy to point out the problems and and we're, we're, we, we talk about it. We're trying to, to think of ways where tech could be better. For yeah. sure. I think the thing is, that like the reason why it's so quick and dirty, you can throw just throw things together, is because these teams are all like people who are like homogenous groups, and like homogenous groups, you can come up, you can like move fast because you all like agree. So you're like, oh, does it sound good to have like people just like rent out apartments and like they can pay whatever they want? Okay, cool, let's do it. Build the app, go, go, go. And no one's like, hey, actually, like I have a really different experience from you, and I have a different idea. We we mm-hmm. got to talk this out. Like you got to learn from me. We got to figure this out. And that would be a longer process, right? Like, mm-hmm. we know from, like, working in groups at school, whatever, if you mm-hmm. have four people and everyone's really different, 
it takes a long time to figure stuff out. Even with our team and our podcast, like yeah. we're all really different. And so we argue a lot. And sometimes like we're like, oh, like I wish we could just agree. But I'm kind of like, I'm glad we don't agree really fast because that means we're getting the yeah. best idea yeah. that like comes that like intersects all of our experiences yeah. and all of our views of like what is good and so like on a team for one of these companies if this team has such a diverse like range of experiences and viewpoints then maybe they won't be able to ship the app in like one day yeah. like quick and dirty but like maybe it won't destroy people's, people's lives yeah. Right. yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah um the final the final thing what's one thing like if you could just wave your magical unicorn wand <laughs> what is one thing you would change about tech right now? Magical unicorn wand. Um, that's a great question. Um, so I keep on, <laughs> I keep on like telling people about this. But one thing that I would change about tech, like right now, and that I've been telling people, um, that I'm switching my focus on is that, like, for a pretty long time, we've kind of been like at to these big tech companies like Apple, Facebook, Google. Like, why aren't you more diverse? Like, please be more diverse. Like. Can't you just go to these um, institutions where you have people who are building apps, like they're building the technology, but perhaps the pool is more diverse. Like, why can't you pull there? And we've been begging them to just try to change. Mm -hmm. and, and, and like a lot of times they're going in the opposite direction. Like their numbers are going in the opposite direction, even after we've been like asking them to please just like look at a more diverse pool. So one thing I would like to change is I strongly, strongly believe there needs to be more um uh, underrepresented minority founders and you know we say underrepresented minority but really we're like the majority we're like becoming the majority in america but that's that's for another episode um <laughs> catch us on three unicorns <laughs> soundcloud and itunes um but yeah but i do think that there needs to be more founders who are um of these backgrounds that have not been represented in tech more black women founders um black men um latinx uh, just like really like more more women, just more everything, because these, like I said, founders solve their own problems. And the more you're going to get, uh, the more you get of these diverse founders, the more actual real problems can be solved um, that can that do less harm for the people who tech usually harms, for example. So that's what I would like to change. Ooh, I feel that. Um Wow, there are so many things. I had a list of 20 just run through my head. But I think one interesting thing that I think could change the game is if it was just less centralized in the Bay Area. Like, tech mm. in the United States is in the Bay Area, in Seattle, and in New York, essentially. You know, you got some places, like, on the East Coast and in, uh, in Texas. Austin's kind of. There's some places yeah. who are trying, for But sure. I'm just thinking about where I'm from and thinking about... I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, um, and... I didn't know what computer science was. Uh, and I think having it spread out to people who have, who actually have like a wide variety of experiences throughout the United States, like think about the deep South, like coming from home to here is just two completely different worlds. And I, I can only imagine like what kind of innovation could happen with black people in the South, for example, or in the Southeast versus like, people in the in the bay area who kind of like have a different way of life different way of thinking about life and the world and um i just think generally like bringing more people into ideas and spreading it out geographically could really change the what's even made and what's thought of and what's considered definitely good mm -hmm. definitely can i give you too much time okay um what would i change about tech one i would make 
the interview process less BS. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Wait, um, how, how is it BS? And, and then what would you... Yeah, yeah, So here's the thing. Um, most of these companies, I'm going to keep it brief, but like a lot of these companies do this thing, whiteboard interviews. You, They test your ability to solve a weird puzzle that kind of has to do with what you do at work. Um, under pressure in a time constraint um, in front of a lot of people. Cool. Like, that whiteboarding interview does a great job of assessing that particular skill. And, like, that's totally a skill, solving puzzles under pressure with a time limit in front of people. However, personally, I don't think that correlates to, like, what you're looking for in that particular job. Unless the job is solving puzzles <laughs> under pressure. On a whiteboard. Great. Like, hire that person. Like, sounds great. But... Most of these companies aren't actually hiring for that. They're hiring, they were looking for someone, I'm assuming, who is creative, who's collaborative, who's thoughtful, <laughs> who like has good ideas, who communicates well, works well in a team. Mm -hmm. Wow, like what if we assessed those qualities <laughs> in the person for the interview? Maybe. Instead, we're assessing, did you buy cracking the coding interview? Do you go to Stanford? Do you like know how to do these puzzles? Oh yes, cool. You could have just looked at my resume. Like, why do you? Yeah. Why are you making me do? Like, you know. And yeah, it just makes me so mad. So here's the thing: a lot of companies have changed their interview processes to be less BS. For example, GitHub. Shout out to GitHub. Mm -hmm. Their interview process is lit. Like, it's like they basically have you like simulate like a, what you would do at work, basically, and you just have to kind of figure out their environment, figure out their system, and like push some stuff to Git and like fix a bug. And they and they frame it as like a pair programming exercise. They're like, oh, like we're pair programming, like we're working together. We want to see how you work with us. So like, ask me if you have any questions. And so like, it's so cute and so fun, and they just kind of watch you struggle and like help you if you need help. It's great. Right. Anyway. So that actually assesses things. That assesses how do you work together with someone. That's something you'll actually do. Like, how will you like do in this actual like work environment example? So I think if more companies move towards that, they would get applicants who are like just better and cooler and probably from more diverse background. Because right now they're just going to get like Stanford kids who bought cracking the coding interview or like other yeah, kids who like. The yeah, exactly. So that's what I think. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Three Unicorns. Catch more of us on SoundCloud and Facebook at Three Unicorns and on Twitter at Three Unicorns HQ. Bye!